I'm James Henderson with Bradley Three Ranch in Childress, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. I hope you didn't put your blanket away. We've got another cold surge coming through, so jump on in with me. Buckle up. I'll kick on the heater as we ride around the Lone Star State to cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we check out the cattle market. Of course, we've seen quite a run-up in cattle prices here over the last few months. Now, they're not as high as we'd like them to be right now, but if you put it into perspective, we're still looking at cattle prices at levels we haven't seen in about 10 years. We'll have more on that to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State, and we're all standing by to bring you the latest latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Not too long ago, it looked like supply chain issues for Texas High Plains feed yards had largely been resolved. Not so now as Omicron slows cattle shipments down. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The National Cotton Council recaps the 2021 cotton crop and looks ahead to the 22 crop. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag today. This is James Duncan from Marshall. Well, there's more folks watching the weather than they do the Cowboy Playoffs game here in East Texas. And when we do, we always talk and look at our cow condition. That's one thing, winter pastures, how we're handling these animals this year and the prices our calves are bringing. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Cattle prices are holding strong as we get the new year underway, with fed cattle prices in the high 130s and calf prices over $2. Texas A&M Livestock Marketing Specialist David Anderson says we haven't seen these price levels in quite a while. It's been a while. In fact, I think we have to go back to... uh, you know, right around the time of the record prices we had following our big drought, which was now a decade ago. Once we got into, uh, you know, like 2014 and 15, when we really saw much tighter beef supplies because we had cut our herds so much, then we saw fed cattle prices like this and and, and even higher. So, uh, you know, I, I think we have this uh, where our total beef production is about what it was last year or even a little better, uh, that demand is is uh, really pulling those prices higher and, and maintaining those prices not only at the grocery store, but at, but at wholesale and at the, at the farm too. Anderson says he expects the size of the cattle herd to continue shrinking, and that should support cattle prices throughout this year. Two disaster aid deadlines are coming up soon. Texas farmers have just a few more days to apply for two disaster aid programs through the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Farm Service Agency. The deadline for the Emergency Assistance for Livestock, Honeybees, and Farm-Raised Catfish, or ELAP, and the Livestock Forage Disaster Program, or LFP, is January 30th. 
ELAP provides financial aid for eligible producers to offset losses due to disease and adverse weather. Adverse weather events could be severe drought or a winter storm. LFP provides payments for grazing losses due to drought or fire on land that is native or improved pasture land with permanent vegetative cover or is planted specifically for grazing. Application details are available on farmers.gov. Again, apply by January 30th at your local FSA office. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. USDA reduced the size of the 2021 Texas cotton crop in their crop production and supply and demand report last week, but the numbers are still much higher than they were a year ago. Texas upland cotton production now estimated at 7.6 million bales. That's 66% higher than 2020. Yield is averaging 695 pounds per acre. Compare that to 686 pounds last year. Acreage harvested at 5.2 million acres in 2021. That's up 64% from 2020. The recent COVID surge has slowed down the cattle supply chain, and James Hunt tells us that's tightening margins for Texas feedlots. As a whole, cattle feeders across the Texas High Plains are still able to make profits, but Brady Miller of Texas Cattle Feeders Association says margins are a little tighter now as fed cattle prices in the cash market have tumbled a bit recently. If we go back and look at what we talked about a month ago, we were in the 140 range making on a rough basis, on a cash basis, making probably somewhere around $100, $150 a head. Uh, over the last month, getting through the end of the year, getting through the holidays, and I'll even add in here, going through supply chain issues and labor issues, the market has backed up on us. We're trading cattle today somewhere in the 135 to 137 range. Miller says a big reason for the price fall off for fed cattle is the difficulty feed yards are currently having when it comes to moving cattle along at a good pace. Essentially, it's a supply chain issue that has resurfaced with the Omicron variant triggering a resurgence of labor issues in meat plants. A lot of people think when we say labor, we think of frontline labor. And yes, it is frontline labor with COVID employees missing, but as well as frontline labor in the packing industry. You're looking at USDA employees that you have to have in those plants to make sure that everything's running safely and everything's running correctly. They're having issues as well. Miller says on average, feed yard operators' profits are now at about $50 per head, but unless there's some improvement in fed cattle prices, the cost of purchasing feeder cattle could soon put cattle feeders back into the red. You look out about 170 days, 180 days to put an animal on at the price that they're bringing today at the auction, then you're going to be losing about $100. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. 2021 was a good year for the cotton market, and that is continuing here into 2022. Tom Nicoletti talks with a cotton market analyst about the ongoing uptrend in the market. My guest today is Dr. Jody Campici. She is with the National Cotton Council, Vice President of Economics and Policy Analysis. And uh, Dr. Campici, uh, you spoke to a group of cotton farmers recently to recap the past year in cotton. One point you made was that uh, cotton uh, demand has definitely recovered stronger than expected. Yeah, so for 2021, we've seen almost an 18 million bell recovery in world cotton demand, and that's following the significant reduction following the COVID shutdowns. Again, this was fast than really anyone expected, but great news for cotton. And higher U.S. production for uh, the crop year, although there have been uh, numerous 
harvest delays and classing delays in Texas and other uh, cotton belt states. We had a larger crop this year. Last year we had some production issues, so the crop was quite a bit lower. This year exports are a little bit slower, and as soon as we get everything going, I think we'll start to see uh, more cotton shipped. So across the board, we're seeing uh, significant issues in input availability and supply, and that's going to really be affecting producers for this next crop year. So one input in particular, fertilizer prices have just skyrocketed. It's not just fertilizer. We're looking at any input that a producer needs. It may be a little bit more difficult to get this next year, and it may be more expensive. So as we look at next crop year, if we look at where we were last year at planting time, cotton prices were about 80 cents. So prices are higher. Prices are higher for all the commodities, corn, soybeans, wheat, but input costs also a lot higher. So producers will be looking very closely at their input decisions this year. But given the the price ratios and just the the increase in input cost, we're guessing that there's going to be more cotton acreage uh, in 2022. That is Dr. Jody Campisci with the National Cotton Council. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. All eyes are on the weather in East Texas. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. The weather's always important, and I know everyone in Texas, not just East Texas, is watching very closely because this is the time of the year that we started drifting into what become known as Snowmageddon here in the area, so we're very cautious. And in doing so, we're looking at our winter pastures and our cow conditions. I've talked to several producers since Christmas that uh, said, well, all that moisture came just a little bit too late to really make that grass grow, so it's not up to the standards that we would like, so we have to do a little extra. Now, if, as far as feeding the livestock, hay and the like, we're, we're, we're going with a mineral program and standing grass in a lot of areas this year, which is uh, plenty of it out there because we had a good growing season throughout the summer and the fall, even though it was a little dry, we still had good growing conditions. So we got good pastures. We need minerals and the like for our cattle. Now, one of the things that we're having to keep our eye on right now also and are getting ready is for the farmer's markets that will be opening in early spring. So a lot of produce is being planned. A lot's being planted already to get in the early crops. And, of course, we're not there yet for the major portion of our produce, but we're going to be doing and seeing more of that this year. Feral hog program is always of interest. We've got a new one coming to East Texas. You keep in tune to your county agriculture extension agent for the information on this program. It's going to be a good one. Cattle producers, have you re-registered your brand in your county? You have till the end of February to get this done. It's important for you to understand uh, that your brand has to be re-registered in the county that it is located in for it to be valid in the days ahead. If you don't do it by the 28th of February, someone else can take your brand. You don't want that to happen, so get it done. Looking for a good 2022 all the way around right now, though, and we're starting the year kind of slow and steady, but we're looking for the prices of the calves to go up, and that'll always, when the green grass starts growing and the calf prices start going up, we always feel better. This is James Duncan reporting from East Texas for Texas Ag Today. The golden-cheeked warbler is the focus of another lawsuit. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up next on Texas Ag Today. And if you have an Arctic breed dog, there's a skin disease you should watch out for. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? 
We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. If you have an Arctic breed dog, Dr. Bob Judd says there's a skin disease you should watch out for. It is not uncommon for many dogs to have hair loss around their eyes with crust present. Most dogs with these symptoms rub their eyes continually due to allergy and they develop secondary infection. However, this symptom in Arctic breed dogs such as Siberian Huskies and Alaskan Malamutes can occur due to zinc deficiency. Some of these dogs will also develop redness on the inside surface of the ears with scaling and crusting. Still, your vet may most likely think this is allergy because allergy is so common. Although these areas become infected with yeast or bacteria and this causes itching and the dogs scratch or rub the areas just like they would with allergy. However, treating the dogs with allergy medication and medication for infection may be helpful but does not solve the problem. The only method to diagnose zinc-responsive dermatosis is to take a small biopsy of the area and send to the lab. It is important to treat the skin infection that is present prior to taking biopsies as the infection can make it more difficult to analyze the biopsy sample. If zinc-responsive dermatosis is the diagnosis, there are two syndromes. One is dogs that do not absorb zinc from the gastrointestinal tract, and these dogs will need to be on zinc supplementation for the rest of their lives. The other syndrome that can occur in any breed is a dog that is on a diet with a zinc deficiency. Although this is rare if you feed a commercial diet, it is possible, as many folks cook their own diets from recipes off the Internet, that may or may not be balanced. So always check with a vet nutritionist to make sure any diet you cook is balanced. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The golden-cheeked warbler is the focus of another lawsuit. Jessica Domel has the details in today's Wildlife Report. The General Land Office and the Texas Public Policy Foundation have filed a lawsuit against the U.S. Department of Interior and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service for failing to uphold an order from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals regarding the delisting of the golden-cheeked warbler from the Endangered Species Act. In 2015, TPPF and other petitioners filed an administrative petition with FWS asking them for a 90-day review into whether the warbler may be delisted under the Endangered Species Act. At the end of the review, FWS would have decided if there was sufficient information to warrant a 12-month process to determine if the golden-cheeked warbler should be delisted. FWS denied the petition, and TPPF took the issue to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Ted Haji Antich, senior attorney for TPPF, explains. They vacated the denial, sent it back to the Fish and Wildlife Service, instructing them that the service didn't use the correct legal standard to pass on the petition. The Fifth Circuit said you wanted the petition to show incontrovertible proof that delisting should occur, and all that's required is that there be proof that delisting may occur in order to bring you to the 12-month review. And they gave some very, very specific instructions on how that may language needs to be interpreted. 
it. They denied it again using exactly the same standard the Fifth Circuit told them not to use. So that's the basis of this current lawsuit. We're seeking to enforce, to require the service to follow the Fifth Circuit's instructions in dealing with our 90-day petition. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We had a mostly higher close in the cattle market on Wednesday, and we saw a big run-up in both cotton and grains. We'll update all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As a farmer or rancher, you know life in agriculture is often stressful. Things like the economy, finances, weather, and even a pandemic increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. With a demanding workload, it seems that there isn't room for the soft stuff, like talking about feelings. Yet, talking about the hard times can be one of the best ways to manage this stress. Although we can't always control or choose our circumstances, we can control and choose how we respond to them. Sometimes that response looks like asking for help. Some would say the best quality of a farmer or rancher is their independent spirit. But what is agriculture without its community? A force of helpers, neighbors, extension, Farm Bureau members, friends, counselors, and pastors. We are stronger together. Find someone you can talk to. Find the help you need. The Southwest Ag Center is working with the Texas Department of Agriculture to identify stress assistance and resources. Visit swagcenter.org stress to learn more. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a higher close in just about every single market on Wednesday. Higher for the cattle market, both live and feeder cattle futures finishing mostly higher. A pickup in the slaughter pace this week, along with higher boxed beef prices, all helping to move live cattle futures higher. February live cattle up 87 at 138.55. April up a dollar 50, 143.35. June up a dollar 40 at 138.47. Feeder cattle finishing higher on all except the nearby January. It's a lightly traded contract, getting ready to go off the board. It was down a nickel, 161.40. March feeders up 20, 165.60. April feeder cattle up 47 at 170.05. Cash fed cattle trade this week saw most of our sales at 137 on a live basis so far here in the South. We did have the online fed cattle exchange sell on Wednesday. They offered 3,580 head, but none of those cattle sold. Boxed beef prices higher Wednesday choice up $1.56 at 291.05. Select up $1.32. 279.71. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Texas neighbors, welcome back to Walking the Pens and My Kitchen Table. I'm Larry Marble. It's time for a glass of iced tea and a livestock market operator report from Kenny Mingus, Milam County Livestock Auction Cameron. Kenny, how the Friday sale go? Well, we had a total of 1775 out of that mix, about 350 cows and 20 bulls. Good. Walk those pins with us. With steers under 300, 122 to 230, 3 to 400 pound steers, 135 to 212, 4 to 500 pound steers, 110 to 194, and over 580 to 177. On the heifers under 300, 110 to 215, 3 to 400 pound heifers, a dollar to 182, 4 to 500 pound heifers, 90 to 177, and over 570 to 151. Packer cows, pretty good, from 30 to 74. Packer bulls, 70 to 102. On the bread cows, from 
300 to 1300 and on your cow calf bears from 975 to 1650. Good. What was the count? 1775. What do you think uh, will happen this coming Friday? We got a little moisture last week, but a lot of people didn't get it and didn't get much. So I think that, you know, with this market being pretty good, Larry, I think they're going to kind of come with them again. I don't have a lot lined up. Had one guy send me a message this morning, maybe about some few bread cows and don't have that in stone yet. You know, a couple of customers came in and said, well, I've got this, and then I'm going to have some more next week, work another place. And a couple of guys that work cattle around there for us and things, they called and said they had a couple of deals lined up already for this week. So I don't think we can keep running these top numbers, you know, this time of year. But if it stays dry, Larry, I think they're going kind of sell along as we go, especially with the market being like it is. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Kenny Mingus. You bet. We'll be at the office Monday through Wednesday at 254-697-6697. You can follow us on our webpage at milocountylivestockauction.com or catch us on Facebook. Thank you, everybody, for their support. Hope you have a great year. We'll talk to you Thursday evening. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Have a good one. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble here in Central Texas reporting for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs closed higher on Wednesday. February hogs up 70 cents, 82.30. April hogs up 207 at 91.35. Class 3 milk was mixed. The January contract up a penny at 20, 24, 100 weight. February milk down 32 at 21.30, 100. The cotton market continues its march higher. We have a lot of factors supporting cotton prices right now. You have the USDA report from last week that lowered the 2021 crop estimate. Then India lowered its crop production estimate. And you add all that in to the fact that new crop inputs are going through the roof right now. There is the fear that farmers may not plant as many acres, resulting in a smaller crop for 2022. All of that adding up to higher prices. We're at levels we haven't seen since the big run-up back in 2011. March cotton now up 287 points. It closed at 123.95. October cotton up 96 points at 104.77. December cotton up 134 points, 99.18 cents. The corn market finishing higher, getting support from dry weather in South America. March corn up 11 cents, 6.10 and a half. September corn up 7 and a half, 5.78 a bushel. And the wheat market taking a big run to the upside on Wednesday. Rising tensions around Russia's threat to the Ukraine have triggered some buying in the wheat market. September Kansas City wheat now back above 8 bucks. It was up 28 and a half to close at 8.05 and a half. While July Chicago wheat was up 27 and three quarters, closing at 787 and a quarter. In the energy markets, February natural gas down 25 cents at 402. February crude oil up $1.22 at 86.65 a barrel. The financial markets lower on Wednesday afternoon. The Dow down 213 points, 35,155. The NASDAQ down 90 points at 14,416. The S&P down 22, 4,554. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.